Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. From Allah Almighty's wisdom regarding His creation and His mercy towards them is that when He created them, He apportioned their livelihoods and made some at the service of others to rectify affairs and to realize benefits. From Surah Zukhruf, it is we who have apportioned among them their livelihood and the life of this world, and have raised some of them above others in degrees, that they may make use of one another for service. Allah Almighty made some wealthy and others poor, and the honorable and the humble, and the strong and the weak, and the boss and the subordinate so that this serves that, and that needs this. And from his blessings is that he, the Almighty, made the benefits of the earth subservient to them, and what is extracted from it for their benefit, and what he provided for them from its bounties. From Surah Al-Mulk, it is he who made the earth tame for you, so walk among its slopes and eat of his provision, and to him is the resurrection. And at the peak of this provision is the wealth that people have. <clears throat> Thus it satisfies needs, and suffices them from needing others. And Allah Almighty explained that he tests his servants with wealth, and he entrusts them with it to see how they manage in terms of earning and spending from Surah Al-Hadid and spend out of that which he has made you successive inheritors. Islam has come with what suffices to explain the relationship of man to this wealth that Allah Almighty provided him and to clarify the limits and requirements in earning and spending in a manner to benefit both communities and individuals. If he adheres to the limits and controls, he will attain two benefits. First, the wealth itself. Second, adhering to Allah Almighty's ordainments. And if he violated what Allah commanded him regarding wealth, then the blessing of the wealth will disappear and he will be held to account on the day of resurrection for his violation. And what keeps most people from adhering to Allah Almighty's ordainments regarding wealth in earning and spending is their inherent love of wealth that crowds out being conscious and mindful of Allah. From Surah Al-Fajr, and you love wealth with immense love. And Allah Almighty said, from Surah Al-Adiyat, and indeed he is in love of wealth intense. And Allah made wealth an adornment for the children of Adam in front of others regarding what they eat, drink, wear, ride, and live in. As Allah Almighty said from Surah Al-Kahf, wealth and children are but adornment of the worldly life. And for this reason, wealth is a great trial that tempts people. On one hand, they love it immensely, and they would not have enough of it even if they own valleys of gold and silver. And on the other hand, Allah did not give mankind the freedom to acquire and spend wealth however he wishes. 
Rather, Allah established limits to direct them. So it is a trial for the people and a test for the wealthy. Allah Almighty said from Surah Taghabun, Your wealth and your children are but a trial, and Allah has with him a great reward. And in spite of that, the Sharia described wealth as good in the view of the lawful and permissible ways of earning it and spending it on what benefits. As was narrated in the hadith of Abu Hurairah, may Allah be pleased with him, who said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, O you people, indeed Allah is tayyib, good, and he does not accept but what is good. And indeed Allah ordered the believers with what he ordered the messengers. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said from Surah Al-Mu'minun, O messengers, eat of the tayyibat and perform righteous deeds. And Almighty has said from Surah Al-Baqarah, O you who believe, eat of the lawful things that we have provided you. And he mentioned a man who is undertaking a long journey, whose hair is disheveled and he is covered with dust. He raises his hands to the heavens and says, O Lord, O Lord! Yet his food is from the unlawful, his drink is from the unlawful, his clothing is from the unlawful, and he was nourished by the unlawful. So how can that be accepted? And the Prophet ﷺ instructed his companions that no one should enter into his stomach except from good earnings. They said to him ﷺ, advise us. So he ﷺ said, the stomach is the first thing of the human body to rot. So whoever is able to eat nothing but pure, that is halal and earn lawfully, should do so. And when Amr bin al-As, may Allah be pleased with him, entered into Islam, the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Amr, I want to put you in charge of an army, and Allah will protect you and give you spoils, and I will give you a fair share of the portion, a fair share of the spoils. I said, I did not become Muslim for the sake of wealth. I became Muslim out of the desire for Islam and so that I would be with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said, Amr, sound wealth is very excellent for a righteous man. These textual evidence describe wealth as good and sound if it is with a righteous man who observes the ordainments of Allah Almighty in earning and spending it. The Prophet ﷺ made it permissible to yearn for this characteristic, saying, There is no coveting except for two, a man whom Allah has given wealth and caused him to dispose of it in a proper manner. And due to the great place and value of wealth of people, it is from the five necessities of life. Preservation of religion, preservation of life, preservation of the mind, preservation of honor, preservation of wealth. Life is not established without these five necessities. Regarding wealth, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Whoever is killed protecting his wealth, he is a martyr. However, preserving wealth has the lowest position among the five necessities. Therefore, one sacrifices wealth for safeguarding the religion, protecting life, preserving the mind, and defending honor. Allah Almighty said, Beautified for people is the love of what they desire, of women and sons, heaped up sums of gold and silver, fine branded horses and cattle until land. That is the enjoyment of the worldly life, but Allah has with him the best return. O people, 
Wealth is not a place for absolute condemnation or for absolute praise. Rather, one views its source and how it is spent. For if its source is good, then it is sound wealth. And if it is with a Muslim that is conscious of Allah who spends it, then it is with a righteous man. Then the wealth is praiseworthy, as is its owner. However, if it is corrupt wealth, whose source is usury, bribes, devouring rights, or unlawful trade, then it is bad wealth, and it lacks blessing, and it is often a liability for its owner. And questioning about wealth on the day of resurrection is like unlike questioning about other matters. For the questioning has two aspects, from the aspect of earning and the aspect of spending. As was related in the hadith that the Prophet ﷺ said, The feet of the servant shall not move on the day of resurrection until he is asked about four matters, about his wealth and how he earned it and what he spent it on. And on the day of resurrection, wealth will bear witness upon its owner. As the Prophet ﷺ said, The wealth is attractive and sweet. It is a good companion for a Muslim who gives it to orphans, the poors, and the wayfarers. And the one who takes it unlawfully is like the one who eats but is never satisfied. And it will be a witness against him on the day of resurrection. I ask... Allah Almighty, to suffice with his lawful over his prohibitions, and with his obedience over his disobedience, and with his grace over all else. Indeed, Allah is all hearing, answering. Hada wa salatu salam ala Rasulillah.